Hey, hey, we're back. We are back. We are talking about real stuff now. now <laughs> well, I mean, not that we don't. <laughs> we are uh, talking about Not that we don't normally stuff. talk about real stuff. I just mean on the personal to the professional aspect of our podcast. We're, we're leaning more on the actual science-y, skincare, health part True. instead of all the shit we go through on our we're getting back to business yeah there we go we're back getting to back business. to business that's what i should have said boldly beautiful is your audio beauty brunch table a source for conversations on all things skincare makeup fashion styling health and wellness and general female fun brought to you by two women with over 20 years of friendship so grab your girlfriends pour a mimosa and let's get boldly beautiful hey guys this is boldly beautiful i'm candace licensed esthetician makeup artist and personal stylist and i'm jen singletary registered nurse nurse practitioner in trading again <laughs> and um, overall, your medical skin care specialist. Awesome. Yes. Okay, so in training again. Yes. Because you're addicted to school. <laughs> I Okay, so full disclaimer, this is the first time that I've gone back to school that I haven't been super excited about it. But I am very keen on running a compliant business, and I see laws changing in the not-so-distant future that's going to require a mid-level to be physically present in the clinic with the things that I'm wanting to offer. So I might as well go ahead and get it now. And that way I still plan on growing the business to the point where I have to have like four mid levels or something, you know, to join me. But at least that way I can serve clients and not be super reliant on somebody else. No, I think it's good. I think it's really good. And it's exciting because tell everyone what you did over the weekend. You've just come back from an exciting weekend training-wise. I have. So this weekend I got my full certification, signed a contract, got a new medical director on board in town so we are now offering all the neuromodulators so things like botox zeoman disport mutox um all of those things and then versa lip fillers and a couple other different fillers for the face different parts of the face require different types of fillers but yes a full training weekend had amazing people at the clinic saw a ton of patients yesterday Um, just to get that hands-on clinic practice and it went so fantastic I'm super excited to add that I'll also be adding b12 um, therapy and shots to services and spider vein therapy we'll be able to get rid of some some spider veins on some people so I'm super excited about that and then you've got some exciting changes coming down the hatch with your styling business. I do. We're like back in the swing of things after winter break. And um, the big project that we're going to be um, launching this year is um, taking my styling business, which is Alexander Personal Image Styling, completely online. Whoop, whoop. So um, we've kind of been piloting it a little bit this last year with working with clients um in another state, um, doing everything online through video conferencing. Um, I wasn't sure how it was going to work. Um, 
because if you can't actually be physically with the client and like touching their clothes and actually doing wardrobe planning and putting outfits together, um, would that actually work? Because that's the way I have been working for the past uh, four years on the business. So, um, but I have um, a pilot client in Milwaukee that I've been working with and it has been so much fun and going really, really well. So that is really my main focus for 2020 is uh, building that up and working out what those offerings are going to be. And so you guys are going to be hearing more about that in coming episodes. I'm so. so excited for you. I think that's such a valuable service to people. And the fact that they can now reach you regardless of where they live, yes. I think is incredible. They're so lucky. I'm so excited. I'm so excited about 2020. Me too. I think that it's going to be an amazing year. Um, I think it's going to be a great year for the country. We've kind of had all this just kind of mucky time and I think we're going into a new decade and um, I think it's just going to be like really, really amazing. I have really good gut vibes about yes, it. So me too. I have high hopes. Yes. Here comes a brand new decade. Yes. So getting back to business today, um, we are actually going to talk about something that um, we've been having a lot of conversations about in our office um, because it is kind of the main, shall we call it, public enemy number one that um, we are always trying to fight, uh, regardless if you're coming at it from a holistic standpoint or a medical standpoint. Um, basically, all um, human ailments, should we say, can um, either directly or indirectly be related back to inflammation. Yep. So we are going to talk about inflammation today. Um, we're going to kind of demystify it. Um, it's kind of a blanket phrase that's put out a lot in medical conversations and beauty conversations, um, but it's not fully understood, I think, by a lot of people. And the way that you treat it or the way that you reverse it uh, can feel very daunting. So we're just going to share some quick information and some tips about that and kind of how important it is to think about it just for your overall health. Um, so Jennifer, why don't you start? Because as our nurse and resident um, medical practitioner in training, um, explain what inflammation is and why it is kind of at the source of so many health problems sure. in our country. Sure. So one of the things that I want to point out in the beginning is one of the reasons that there are so many um, differences and opinions and myths out there is it's a very complex um, medical phenomenon. Mm -hmm. So there are so many different aspects of what triggers it, what treats it, what calms it down, what flares it up. And not even inside the medical community is it completely understood. It is something that is getting a lot of attention, and there are, are so many research projects and studies that um, are being done, and I'm sure will continue to be done because it is a big hot-button topic in the medical community as well as the beauty and nutritional um, industries also. But we are still seeking to understand it from the very beginning stages. So 
I preface this conversation with saying we're going to go into it and kind of try and simplify it the most we can um, and relate it back to some of the things that we see in the clinic and in our treatment rooms and to really help you guys understand the tips and strategies that you can do to help combat your condition, whether it's acne, um, rosacea, eczema, like all of those skin conditions that we typically see as a direct result of or that triggers inflammation and kind of having that unsightly skin texture or redness or overall appearance. So from a medical standpoint, inflammation is simply what happens as a byproduct of your body fighting something. So when I say fighting something, it can be an external wound or puncture or some sort of attack on the body itself because our skin is our first defense mechanism, both um, from an immunologic standpoint and from just overall barrier mm -hmm. as far as a protective shield to our body, to our vessels, to our organs. Now, as you go underneath the skin, of course, you've got things like connective tissues and all these things that your fat actually, you know, is right. a protective measure as much as we hate that. But that's why <laughs> so many people struggle with having that um, fat layer like right in the trunk. Well, that's how we're designed to kind of put weight first there because it protects those vital organs. Right. So when something breaks that first line of defense being your skin it sends both chemically and physically these receptors and release of chemicals into your bloodstream that sends essentially an SOS, a mayday call for help. And that's when you already have these proteins and different things floating around in your bloodstream. It's already there, but they become activated when you have a source of injury or something that systemically your body is reacting to. And this can be a whole nother, I don't want to get too deep in this because we can wind up going down a rabbit hole, but people that have systemic or gut issues and things like that. Mm -hmm. Like if you are gluten intolerant, truly gluten intolerant, or truly having an allergy to something you're eating, or even environmental stress that can provide so much um, stress systemically that your body then starts sending out those chemical maydays from your bloodstream that then activate these certain proteins in your blood vessels. So what, when these proteins are activated, what their primary function is, they seek to vasodilate, meaning making your blood vessels larger. And that's because it needs a little extra room for the endothelial lining of those blood vessels to kind of spread out a little bit. Mm -hmm. So if you think about the lining of your blood vessels being kind of a matrix, like puzzle pieces fit tightly together, um, they slowly start to kind of come apart. And that's so the leukocytes are the different um, components of those white blood cells that we know are kind of the fighters against antigens and mm -hmm. different substances in our bodies 
they're kind of the stormtroopers, or not the stormtroopers, that's a terrible Star Wars reference. <laughs> What's the good guys? The well, good guys. What the are army. they? Yeah, the army they're that the fights ca- the stormtroopers. They're the cavalry that yes. is sent in when there's yes, a problem. exactly. To defuse the problem. I can't think of the name. The Jedis, maybe? Is that right? <laughs> I'm going to get so much hate mail for this. <laughs> I should know. Even go down the Star Wars <laughs> I know, rabbit I know. hole. I shouldn't, but you know me with my analogies. But anyway, so yes, they are the freedom fighters, the army, the yes. good guys, right? And they want to go to the point of injury or attack. So the only way they can kind of get from your bloodstream is for them to actually have little escape routes through the blood vessels themselves. Um, to get there. Well, that's why you start to have swelling because while your blood vessels kind of just gently loosen up that really tight puzzle piece matrix, Mm -hmm. um, not only are you leaking out these white blood cell components from your blood, but you're leaking out some fluid. Now we all know there's different molecular weights and different size of things. So it's not like you're just leaking out a ton of blood unless you've actually damaged that vessel. But you're not internally right. Right. But (laughs) that matrix has loosened up just enough to let some um, fluid kind of escape along with those white blood cells. So that's kind of where the swelling comes from. And then you add into the, the mix that these leukocytes are also calling other agents like um, microphages and different cellular components that are coming up to kind of try and get rid of the trauma, get rid of the antigens, get rid of the damaged tissue and really stimulate that new growth. Um, A whole lot of action happens all at once, all in that site. It's a little baby battlefield. It is, 100%. So just like when you're bringing in all these extra troops, these troops need room to move around and you're heavily populating this particular area of injury with a whole lot more than what's normally going on at that site. Mm -hmm. So that's where the swelling and the size comes from. The heat, a lot of times inflammation is also hallmarked by heat. That's because you have a whole lot, all those cells are doing something. So they are expending energy. Yep. Energy is shown by heat. Like that's how when There's you're working friction out. Happening there. Yeah, friction, but also just the byproduct of them metabolizing things and having that um, phagocytic activity and mm-hmm. enzymatic actions where they're eating away at things. That expels energy as a byproduct and manifests itself as heat. Yeah. So you've got that all going on. And here's the good and the bad of this, right? The good news is that it's happening in the first place because if we didn't have those protective mechanisms and we didn't have that army to send to that area of tissue trauma or systemic issues, then our bodies would basically be a free-for-all for the bad guys to just come in and take over. So inflammation is a hallmark of good things happening, meaning your body fighting off something. But on that same side of things, it also means there is something happening Mm -hmm. that you need to address. Now, obviously, if I have a nail sticking out of my foot or my arm or, you know, something like that, what do you do to fix that? Well, you go to the physician. Don't ever pull something out of your body. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I'm not advocating that. But you have that 
tissue site treated. You take out whatever is has punctured the skin. You give that area what it needs to support the mm-hmm. healing from inside and out. You help that tissue rebuild and eventually that army calms down and they're sent home to stay in their home fort until they're called upon again. Yeah. The problem comes when we're not addressing the root cause for those troops to be called in in the first place. And that's really where you and I come in when we're seeing clients that have clear signs of inflammation on their skin. Because something is happening, whether it is um, physical and external, meaning maybe topically they're using a product that isn't right for them, or they've disrupted their barrier and so all the environmental physical stressors are showing up and entering their skin mm-hmm. or systemically. Um, and I'll let you kind of talk about this a little bit more, but it just something is going on inside their body. So their body is just inflamed from the inside out everywhere. Yeah. So physiologically, when we see that we are, while yes, we want to help you get past that stage of inflammation because it is unsightly. You've got redness, you've got swelling, you're overall just feel terrible. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's also important that we address that root issue. Right. So that that inflammation can go away and not continue to keep you in danger because we forced it to go away. That's why I'm not a big proponent of steroids. Steroids can kind of mask things and kind of decrease inflammation in doing a lot of those things. Mm-hmm. But if you're only slapping a steroid on it and you're not fixing the underlying cause, all you're doing is sending the troops home while the bad guys are still on site. Right. So you're giving up the fort and letting them build a stronger base. Um, so... Well, and to that point... I think, um, you know, facials mm-hmm. could be in the same boat. Using certain topical treatments could be in the same mm-hmm. boat. I mean, we we really try to create a treatment plan and a protocol plan for our clients who are wanting to see serious transformations in their skin that looking at it more like it's a health issue than just a, oh, you have some breakouts, let's just put a clarifying serum on you mm-hmm. and just treat those little pimples and then be on your way. Right. When actually the flare-ups and that acne mm-hmm. is that battlefield happening and mm-hmm. the battlefield is happening because there's something much, much deeper and systemic going on where they have an overall inflammation problem. Mm-hmm. Or they've had so many pockets of bacteria that that inflammation is popping up just, you know, in that localized area on their face. You know what I mean? And so right. I talk to my acne clients about icing a whole lot because what I explain to them is while inflammation, like we've discussed, definitely serves its purpose in fighting off bacteria, on the face it can be really detrimental also because it's also suffocating the pores that we're trying to get my treatments down into to clear out that bacteria for you. So while I understand and I'm appreciative of the science behind inflammation, what it's doing, 
when we're trying to actively treat that underlying cause, sometimes we're having to do some things to decrease that inflammation so we can even get to the site. Right. If there are so many good guys guarding, you know, the fort now while there's still a battle going on, if you're like trying to show your badge and get past the good guys, like (laughs) you need some room to get in there so you can do your job too. So that's kind of where there's a fine line and why it's super important to kind of work with a professional who can kind of help you develop that plan. Like Mm -hmm. you were talking about, it's not always just a one step here you go. And this is going to fix everything. So I'm going to, now that we've kind of gone over the background of inflammation, I want you to kind of talk about what kind of things can we do from a nutritional standpoint, from mm-hmm. a holistic standpoint to kind of help decrease the inflammation in a healthy way that's not going to, you know, then turn around and give the bad guys full reign. Right, right. So coming from the holistic school of thought, um, we recognize um, the whole process that you just um, laid out for us as, as you said, a natural part of our bodies that we that needs to happen mm-hmm. and we need to embrace, um, but that we need to make sure we're keeping to keep it from getting out of control, Absolutely. the point is to try to keep your body as healthy of a vessel as possible in and of itself so that the natural processes it already has in place, like inflammation, um, stays at a, functions properly, but stays at a correct level. Agreed. And mm-hmm. does not go over into the place of having almost like an autoimmune, autoimmune. disease mm-hmm. where now it's just being triggered over every little thing mm-hmm. and it's starting to Take lead over. to bigger issues. Right, right. Um, I mean, there are several studies coming out now talking about how they think that a majority of mental illness is actually linked back to mm-hmm. your body being in inflammation overload. And so your brain is actually so focused on that and so focused on all the other stuff, it cannot handle any kind of healthy mental function. Mm-hmm. And so it's causing anxiety and depression and all kinds of other myriad of issues. Um, so, like I said, it's it's very complex. It is extremely suggestive. We want to really preface that everybody's body chemistry and health situation is different. People are working with genetics that might be triggering inflammation. People might be working with being in full autoimmune disease response. And so everybody needs to consult with their doctors and their own practitioners and mm-hmm. find the, the plan that is most appropriate for them and what's really going on with their um, source of what's causing everything. Um, but I think that what most health professionals agree with across the board is that the fastest way to get a hold of inflammation is with nutrition and diet. Mm -hmm. Because as you said, a lot of inflammation is triggered by um, the body thinking there's a foreign antibody Mm -hmm. or foreign body inside it that it needs to deal with. Right. And all food 
is a foreign body mm -hmm. that we're putting into our bodies and then your digestive system is either going to break down in a healthy way and it's going to turn it into food that's going to make everything function properly or it's going to see it as something that it can't properly digest, digest. and therefore now it's a foreign body just like if you had swallowed a tack or something you know and and it's and it's having to completely attack it as something that um, it cannot use for proper fuel so um, now everybody's got different allergies and different sensitivities and so you really need to work with like a licensed nutritionist if you do feel like you have some serious issues there's fantastic blood tests out there that gives everyone their exact makeup of what they can and can't properly digest and what's really working with them but there are some foods that across the board have been agreed on that they're going to work for the majority of everyone um, and they're either always going to be bad and they're always going to be good <laughs> so we're going to go over the good ones um so pretty much clean food um, trying to keep things in its like rawest, purest form is always going to be best. Um, chemical food was never meant to be broken down by our bodies. So a lot of the chemicals that are out there in our foods, you need meaning to really like make processed sure. Meaning processed. Yeah. Meaning processed. Right. Meaning it's got additives and, um, preservatives and, preservatives and all of that stuff. Um, but even if you're just kind of wanting to know what's like the first step, what's what's just something I can start doing today to take down my overall inflammation levels if I feel like I do have an issue with it. Um, so celery, I actually thought this one was interesting because I had never actually heard this, but um, celery has many antioxidants and anti-inflammatory um, components to it, beets, broccoli, Blueberries. Blueberries mm -hmm. have gotten a lot. Blueberries have a good PR team. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like the word has gotten out I know. about blueberries. I feel like blueberries has all, all already been out there a lot. Yes. I'll tell you. Now I will tell you. I've heard about celery for a long time, just because for a while there's been that celery juice craze. Oh, that's true. About drinking celery juice every single morning. I think yes. that's a little overboard. I don't think. You know, when you're doing these things and incorporating these foods, this. This doesn't have to be like an all or nothing. Like no. you eat all of these things and you have to juice everything and you just like these are just suggestions to add in and to kind of help combat some of that inflammation. Right. So, well, and even as kind of like holistic and hippie as I tend to be, um, what I actually am more passionate about is not living in extremes. Mm -hmm. I think point. that everything is about, I think it be, can become very unhealthy to only eat junk and to never eat any of these things. It can become extremely unhealthy to only eat these things mm -hmm. and to um, kind of overload your system right. um, with with foods like this. But You shouldn't feel like it's a prison. Like, don't no, get so restrictive that no. you hate the thought of dealing with or having to make food choices. Right. Right. Um, salmon, walnuts, chia seeds, turmeric, and ginger, which are two of my favorites. I, I actually say, really... turmeric is huge in my acne program. Yes. Turmeric is 
amazing. It's um, very potent. It's a good anti-inflammatory supplement. Yes. Even to take. If you can find a good, um, some people really like the taste. It's very bitter. Um, I will tell you that I actually like to dilute it in my coffee. It's because your soul is bitter. You can. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> We were sorry. having a really nice we time. We were. I'm sorry. We Too were far. loving Too far. each other. <laughs> but it's also true. Okay. Um, yes. Turmeric in the coffee. Turmeric. Um, putting turmeric in tea or coffee um, is really good. You can also sneak it into a lot of foods. Because mm-hmm. even though it does have a bitterness to it, it doesn't in and of itself have its own like a flavor profile so Mm. it actually gets covered up pretty well in a lot of foods so whenever you're making stuff just like throw a little turmeric in there Mm -hmm. (laughs) ginger's the opposite ginger's gonna really have a profile and really affect things i'll never forget Um, when i went on like a juice craze and i put like a whole root of ginger in my juice i've never made myself so sick it ruined ginger for no, me. No, it is. It was it's so strong. Yeah. So like a little bit goes long. At the like health bars and everything and the health food stores, a lot of them will do the ginger shots Oof. that you can go and do when nope. you feel like you're starting to get sick. And nope. they, they are. They're not for the faint of heart, but yeah. do they work? No, come see me for a B12 shot. Right. Instead. We'll just start doing the B12 shots. Um, pineapple, which is exciting. That is exciting. I love some pineapple. They taste so good and they're so yummy mm-hmm. um, and they go with a lot of stuff. Um, and then leafy green vegetables. You kind of can't go wrong with leafy greens. It's true. Unless you have something like diverticulitis. And it, right, right. It doesn't have to be kale. Right. Kale yeah. also has a great PR team. <laughs> kale wants you to believe they're the only green vegetable. You know, you know why I cook kale and coconut oil, though, right? Why? Because it slides off into the trash so much easier. <laughs> you are so bad. Okay, I, I have hate a, kale. I do have a recipe, though, to share. If you really don't like leafy greens... I love spinach. I do, so I don't mind. Oh, man. Spinach and arugula. Yes. That's like my go-to. Those, then yes. They go with everything. can't do the kale. They're really flavorful. Okay, so kale and mustard greens are excellent for you. They have really, really, really high levels of, like, all the good stuff that you're supposed to have. But their tastes are crazy. I mean, they are. Mm-hmm. They're just, it's mm-hmm. just not, unless you're like me and have a bitter soul, you actually like the taste. They are like the Danielle Staub of Real Housewives <laughs> of New Jersey. They are terrible. Kale is terrible the Danielle Staub yes. of the green leafy vegetables. <laughs> if you guys watch Real Housewives of New Jersey, you'll totally know why I say that. Because she is terrible. So, yeah, it's true. Um, So, you can put them in pesto. Oh, I never it thought is of that. So good. I, I made, love some pesto. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I made pesto over the weekend. Okay. You can skip the cheese because I'm also dairy free. So for all of us that are trying to be anti-inflammatory by taking out dairy, we're about to talk about that. Um, you just mix in. I washed and chopped up the kale and the mustard greens. Threw them all in my food processor. Um, I did walnuts instead of pine nuts Ooh. so that it would be anti-inflammatory. anti-inflammatory. Did you throw like some bonus. Oh, dude, I should have. I should have. Next time. Yes. Um, and then just pulsed it all together with really good olive oil. And you honestly cannot 
tell the difference. I love that. I'm going to try that. just like if you did it with the basil and the pine nuts. Uh-huh. You're getting all the really good greens. You could probably I didn't still... cook them, so everything is still... I mean, it, it. I sometimes warm it up in the microwave a little yeah. bit. I put it on chicken, so I didn't put it on pasta, so I'm not doing the grains and the gluten. I did it over chicken. Right. Um, and some roasted vegetables. You could probably still throw some basil in there for the taste. You if could, you really if you wanted, wanted it. that basil. It's hard to find. Base. I mean, I'm doing this in January, so finding basil in January is really hard, unless you are really hippie and grow your own herb garden <laughs> inside inside in your basement with which the I ultra violent light right violent which i'm violet. not there right now it is violent <laughs> um so that's a little recipe you can take um ba- uh, pesto does not have to be made with basil it can be made with any leafy green and um by the time you put the nuts in there and the salt and the pepper and the gar oh and garlic because you put garlic in there too garlic is a good anti-inflammatory it too. covers up all the tastes yeah and it's so good, and you can put it on anything, and it's amazing. Plus, if you roast some chicken, like some good lemon, mm-hmm. rosemary chicken, you're really getting so much flavor profile from the chicken also. Right. Oh my gosh, it's excellent. It's been like my go-to. Um, okay, so let's talk about the foods to avoid. I feel like this is going to be every food I like. Um, it's going to be your come to Jesus. Uh-huh. Because well, luckily it's I bad. have a good relationship with Jesus, so he's gonna hold <laughs> he's gonna hold my hand through this list he's reveal. He's gonna take the food wheel. Yes, take the wheel, Jesus. Take the food wheel. Okay, white sugar. That's okay. I'm trying to cut down on white sugar. Yeah, anyway. we just don't need it anymore. Yeah, we really, fe- you know. I feel like that's this decade's cigarettes. <laughs> Ooh, you know what I mean? Oh, like good we point. spent the last decade discussing to the point that now i mean vaping has gotten a little out of control but you know for so long it it was acceptable to smoke and then we got the education and we're to the point where like smoking is not even cool like it's not but people were still addicted so they were still doing it right but i mean we all know it's bad like i feel all things considered we see so much fewer so fewer instances of people smoking. So I feel yeah. like the 20s is going to be getting rid of the processed food and the white sugars. Yeah, I agree. Okay, but next on the list is sweeteners. Yeah. Which I think what they're really talking about there is the artificial sweeteners. Yeah. I think um, stevia is still good. Um, raw honey is still good. Agave. Um, agave is still good. Um, but... All even those things like all things in moderation. Sure. You know the nice thing about stevia is it's something like a tiny little amount of stevia is the same sweetness amount as like a huge, but like a yeah. like a really shocking amount of white sugar. So um, and sometimes if you need to use go-to. a little sweetener to wean off, you know what I mean. Right. Just just keep the end goal in mind that you're really trying to cut back on these. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. This is my bad one. Peanuts. Yeah. Peanuts is the one thing. So I went paleo, like full, like strict paleo, Uh like three years ago. Um, I've cheated since then. Um, but I have to say I'm, I'm going back to strict paleo because I'm wanting to do the anti-inflammatory and kind of get back to a good mental state. But I have the hardest time. This is a hard one for my acne clients too, because I give them a whole lot of information on how food and diet can affect. Because, P.S. By the way, public service announcement: food does not cause acne. 
Mm, but yes. food can trigger inflammation that right. then worsens Boom. a breakout. So I try and give them and equip them with the tools of skincare ingredients and foods and supplements and things that they just need to be cognizant of. And on the food list, when it's talking about the foods to avoid and peanut butter is on there yeah. and peanuts, like it's so hard. They kind of lose their mind a it's little yummy. bit. It is. It's really yummy. But again, <laughs> again, let's talk about what the overall purpose of this is. This is not to say you can never have peanut butter again. Right. This right. is to say maybe you don't need to have it five times a day yeah. every day. Like just cut back on it. A well, little bit. and as you know, because the extremes, you know, as we said, not living in the extremes is what's best. And so I kind of, because I look at this list and I honestly do not eat almost everything on this list peanuts is like the only one so yeah, honestly so really. if i'm never putting any gluten or grains in my body and i'm never putting here's right. the thing when you when you give up grains and dairy you basically have given up all desserts except for fruit right i can put fruit in coconut milk and put a little stevia on it that's dessert you know mm -hmm. <laughs> so every once in a while when you kind of feel like you just want something a little bit of peanut butter it's not in bad. a bowl yeah. with some like honey and maybe like a banana or two or god forbid even a little like dark chocolate so that you get that Reese's peanut butter effect dude that's like your joy yeah I mean that's your comfort and there's nothing food. there's nothing wrong with but that. I feel like it balances and out because I'm not eating all right. the other crap if you're doing it in moderation, I have zero problem with that. Okay, thank you. Thank you for your permission. <laughs> I was going to say, like, you need my permission because <laughs> you you're permission. a grown-ass woman. But, <laughs> but okay, we'll go with that. <laughs> I seek your approval all the time. <laughs> Lies. Anyway. Okay. Ooh, number four is controversial. Alcohol. Yeah, so I see in my skincare clients, I can tell who drinks pretty yeah, regularly. I can too. And it's it's kind of a catch-22 because I understand, I mean, I enjoy alcohol just as much as the next person. I don't drink very much at all now, A, because I'm in the business and my skin definitely shows it when I drink alcohol. Right. And I feel like the the fewer occasions that you drink the more you notice it on your skin mostly because your skin starts to get so much better that you don't even realize how bad it was until you've kind of come that far yeah. but um i will say if you are on an excellent skincare routine you get regular facial facials and you are still having issues you really need to take a look at this list yeah and even while I want you to incorporate as many of the good foods as you can, absolutely, I really want you to take account of how much of the foods that trigger inflammation are in your diet and how much you're taking in. Like, maybe you don't have anything but alcohol that's yeah. on this list. But if you're drinking daily, and P.S., one drink every day is the same as throwing back a six-pack or two bottles of wine over the weekend. Right. You know what I mean? You don't get bonus points for spreading it out. Like, it's going to show up on your skin. So, alcohol is a huge... Alcohol and dairy are probably the two yeah. that I can... And maybe gluten, if they have a gut I issue notice. that we'll, they don't realize yet. We'll go through the rest of these real quick, because I think the rest of them um, are ones that... Um, luckily, there's been a lot of talk about in the media and more um, 
just, you know, everyday conversations. So these are going to be givens, but dairy, gluten, um, refined carbs, Mm -hmm. which kind of goes along with gluten, um, grains, grains are so hard for our body to digest. And a lot of people don't understand that because it's been so much a part of the American diet forever. It just seems like how could it it not be bad, but you have to really get into the history of why grains became so popular, especially, um, after world war two and how much it was in the diet and how it really wasn't a lot in the diet in, you know, the like first few years of modern human history. Um, when you, um, and I am not telling everyone to go be on the paleo diet because I do not think that it's good, but the books about the paleo diet, just from like a historical standpoint, are really, really fascinating and really kind of shed light onto um, how a lot of us have basically been brainwashed right. by marketing well, firms on that milk is amazing for you, that bread is amazing for you, and that, and it, no, yeah, it's not. And there, <laughs> and there are plenty of like podcasts that go into deeper detail about that, and we'll even link to a couple and a couple of Candace's favorite books on that subject. Yes, but yeah, just just know that there's been lots of research yeah. that come, yeah. has come out. Um, red meat artificial chemicals, which we kind of touched on, trans fats, MSG, GMO corn. Um, There's a lot of stuff in the paleo book about why corn is bad when a lot of people think that it shouldn't be. And a lot of it has to do with the modifications that have happened in our modern society. To Um, grow corn at an astonishing rate. To grow corn at an astonishing rate. rate, And that Mm -hmm. it is not the same corn that the Indians ate. Right. Yes, they ate a corn that was really, really great for the human body. And basically that kind of corn does not exist anymore. Um, And then fried foods and, of course, high sodium. um, All of those are going to trigger inflammation. So um, if you are, you know, you feel like you're living a healthy lifestyle and you're still having inflammation, really take a hard look at how much of the things from that list you're still eating. Um, And if you just... I challenge everyone to do a two-week elimination diet and just see how they feel. Yeah. Anybody can do anything for two weeks. Um, Some people have reactions to things that other people don't. So you really don't know what's causing Mm -hmm. issue until you get rid of it and you clean out your system and then you slowly put it back in Mm -hmm. and then watch what you have a reaction to. Mm -hmm. So that right there is something that's really easy and actionable and people can start doing today. Right. Um, and along the lines of what you said about the two week elimination diet, you know, sometimes you don't realize how crappy you've been feeling until you can feel and reap the benefits of how good you feel after you go through that stage of your body, getting rid of all that sugar buildup and different things. So it might blow your mind while you think you can process gluten just fine or, you know, that the artificial sweeteners and things like that aren't really having an effect on you okay, like that could totally 100% be the case, but mm-hmm. go ahead and do the two weeks and then add one of those things in and just see, do you feel different? Do you feel sluggish? Do you feel a, you know, fog mentally, whereas you were starting to feel super clear and focused and, and different things and just try it out for yourself. Don't take our word for mm-hmm. it. Don't take anyone's word for it. Do your research be an informed consumer and an informed like 
person who is knowledgeable about what you are putting in your body. Because, I mean, we spend so much time and energy taking care of objects. Like, if you think about it, I mean, we all probably have something in our lives that is precious to us mm-hmm. that we take such care of whether it's a car maybe it's your home maybe you have this vintage louis in your closet that you wouldn't even break out because you don't want it to get dirty well i mean our bodies are the same thing like right. that should be the most precious thing to us because you only get one and let's really be informed and conscious and intentional about how we're treating it, what we're fueling it with, how it's feeling, and take that feedback to make it perform at its best. Amen. Amen. I feel like we just became besties <laughs> with, uh, oh gosh, the girls, the the um, Kathleen and... Being boss. Yes. I was like, boss yes. babes. And I can't remember the name of it. Yes, being boss. Amen. man. All right, guys. I think that pretty much wraps up a whole lot. I hope we were able to demystify a little bit about inflammation and why it's good slash terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is important, but yes, I know it wrecks havoc on your body and your skin. So hopefully we gave you some takeaways that you can start doing, like Candace said, immediately today to start um, decreasing some of the inflammation. One other tip, just real quick before we get off, is I know this is super hard in the winter, but as far as skin inflammation and issues, try not to take super long, super hot showers. Mm. Like, try and keep it as lukewarm. If it is super hot, try and keep it as short as possible because that heat just activates and increases inflammation also. So yes. just a just a small little tip as we're... I actually put leaving. that tip in my one of my e-newsletters that's oh, going out perfect. to my email list. Yeah. 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 It's hard in the winter. I always I hear that. All you yeah. want to do is take a long hot shower. Yeah. I mean, if you must, because it's like an exceptionally cold day and it's the only thing you can think about doing, moisturize, moisturize, moisturize mm-hmm. the minute you get out. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the one time I'll say kind of the greasier, the moisturizer, the yes. better to really replenish and lock mm-hmm. in your skin's natural moisture. Yes. So anyway, guys, thanks for hanging out with us this week. We are back every Monday with a new episode. If you have questions, you can always drop us a line. Our information is in the show notes. And thanks for supporting us. We love having these conversations with you. Yes. Thank you, guys. Have a great week. Yes. Stay boldly beautiful.